This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. This is the episode when Crystal's voice is barely holding on. We actually waited a few extra days to record this in hopes that my voice would be better. Is that where we waited? Well, also, there was a lot of stuff going on. But mentally, that's, I was like, I've got to hold out for a few more days to hopefully have a stronger voice. Um, I think it's allergies. Yes. But also, ever since we came back from the hospital, we were in the hospital of Baby D. I was in the hospital, I guess I should say, um, with baby D and he ended up having to stay longer. And I think just all of that hospital air mixed with not getting a lot of sleep for a few days with not eating very well, eating a lot of packaged foods um, and more sugar and junk than usual. I think it just did a number on my voice. And so there's been a lot of allergies going around. So I think it's also affecting my voice, but here we are. And we are going to talk today about how to maintain a positive attitude, even when life is difficult. And we have some things we want to share about that. But first, Jesse, we recently watched a movie together, which is something that I think we probably can't say because for very often, we just have not, not, that's not been on our priority list to watch movies recently, even though we love them. Um, but we watched this movie. I just happened to randomly find it. It was on Amazon, right? Is that yes. where we watched it from? Mm-hmm. It was called A Call to Spy. And it was a true, based upon true story mm-hmm. of spies in World War II. And I, did you, I think you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, it was it was different. It was slower. Um, I mean, it wasn't like the best movie I've ever watched, but it but finding out at the end how much it was based upon true stories. Yeah, that made it. I was like, oh, that was a good movie because I was and kind of like it would have been better to know that beforehand. Yes, and it would have explained how why it was kind of slow mm-hmm. because they they did. I don't know. Maybe they didn't take as many artistic privileges in in, in adding certain things here and there. Mm-hmm. Because um, at the end, when they rolled the credits and they told the actual stories, mm-hmm. it felt like they followed the actual stories very closely. Right. So they probably could have made it to be a much more interesting movie if they hadn't followed so closely. But I found that to be fascinating mm-hmm. um, whenever it's based on true stories. And if you like World War II and you like your you're interested in spy stuff. I, I think you would enjoy the movie. So that was, it was called a call to spy and we got it on Amazon. And it was interesting to watch after we had listened to the book that we had talked about here a couple mm-hmm. podcast episodes ago. I don't remember what the title of the book was, but something. I, oh, code name lease. Yes. I was like, I'm not going to remember, but I don't, don't plan on me remembering anything. <laughs> I forgot my chiropractic appointment a few days ago, which Y'all, the the funny thing is, is that we had rescheduled it multiple times because of working out whenever um, Baby D was going to be in the hospital. And so we rescheduled it. And then I woke up yesterday morning. I was like, my neck is really hurting. I, I'm so glad I have a chiropractic appointment coming up. It's really soon, isn't it? Oh, it wait. was yesterday. Today's Thursday. It was on Wednesday. But I had Wednesday morning, they'd sent me a reminder with a thing that you had to tap and to, uh, you know, confirm that you uh-huh. were coming. I had totally confirmed it. And the thought had never crossed my mind. Oh, that's today. So anyway, yep. if I can't remember a book name, well, I'm just doing good to remember my children's names. And <laughs> even that's kind of <laughs> sketchy sometimes. Yes. The code name lease. That's yes. what it was. So speaking of books, you have a new book that you're reading right now. Yeah. Those that have been listening for quite a while to our podcast know that I like a certain genre of book over others and uh, a certain author, fighting, shooting. <laughs> author of books over others. So Jack Carr has a new book uh, coming uh, out. It came out this last week in the James Reese series. And so I kind of dropped the other books that I was reading and and consuming that book right now. It looks like a really thick book, but I'm thinking all of his books are that yeah, that big. But they're very, very fast. I mean, I've heard people that have done reviews of his book say, thanks, I lost two nights of sleep finishing your book, you know, because uh, it's definitely a page turner. So. I keep seeing you bring it in the diaper bag with you when you're going to, to these appointments. Right and I'm thinking, <laughs> are you actually getting to read at all re- when you go to these appointments? Because you've had a lot of appointments yeah. and a lot of time at the hospital this week. I read it some this morning at ice skating. And you're enjoying it? Yep. It's called The, the Devil's Hand. It's um, basically the gist of it is, you know, what have our enemies learned in the last 20 years while we have been engaged in in warfare and how are they going to use that against us? Hmm. Well, I'm reading a book right now by Becky Keefe called The Simple Difference. And it's all about how ordinary kindness can make such a big difference. And it's interesting that I'm reading this book right now because I didn't start it until after we came back home from the hospital. But last week, 
when we were in the hospital and things didn't go as planned. And I'd kind of plan for things to not go as planned because I found that that really helps me. So then it's like, oh, well, I planned for this. So I expected mm-hmm. we were going to stay longer at the hospital and there were going to be complications. And and there was nothing like threatening when it came to complications. I'm really grateful. But I just went into that situation with this heart to say, you know, everyone who's working at this hospital, it's been a rough year. And I want to do what I can to just bring kindness and encouragement to every interaction. And so my goal was every person who walks in the hospital room door, every person I have interaction with at the hospital, I want to leave them feeling a little bit lighter. And so if I can say thank you, if I can ask them about their day, if I can just say an encouraging word, look for those opportunities to do that. And and my goal was every single interaction that I would at least express gratitude, even if it was just, you know, somebody's holding open the door, somebody brought me something, you know, just always saying thank you, every person who walked in the door. So this book by Becky Keefe, I'm actually reading a pre-release copy because she asked me to write an endorsement and I'm only a third of the way in, but it's very thought-provoking and goes right along with what I have just been mulling over and trying to practice in my own life and how kindness makes such a difference. So we'll link to that in the show notes. As we were talking, Jesse, ahead of time of what's saving our life, I felt like this goes hand in hand because really this focus of how can I just bring a little light and life to every interaction I feel like it's something that's saving my life because the last few weeks having so many things that were out of my control, so many things that were different than what I could have planned and so many things where I just had to open up my hands and say, okay, God, I'm just trusting you, whatever you have, I'm just going to live the next hour. But having that perspective of how can I spread some kindness really just made the experience of the last few weeks so much better for me Mm -hmm. because it took my focus off of me where I could feel, you know, (laughs) I'm stuck in this hospital room. And, you know, I remember one, it was a 12 hour period where I really needed water, but I was holding baby D and Jesse, you couldn't come up because Kirsten had gotten croup and I wasn't feeling that well myself because I was just so worn down, but he needed me to hold him and I couldn't leave the room because he's so tiny and he needed to be watched. And, but we were on the floor where it wasn't like we had a nurse there the whole time and just thinking, okay, focus on kindness, focus on kindness. And then, and the nurse came in after a little while and she was like, is there anything I can get you? And I don't like to ask for anything, but just saying, actually, could you bring me some water? Cause I have not been able to get up out of this chair for hours and I could really use the drink of water and just being grateful for the little things. It changes your perspective. And so that's something that's been saving my life. What about for you, Jesse? Well, I, I think that a theme of some of the things that we've been talking about is hospitals. So uh, <laughs> we've been spending a, <laughs> been lot, spending a lot of time in hospitals. Yep. <laughs> actually just one hospital. Well, no, we were at two hospitals because we had to take him to the ER because his little feeding tube button is called a Mickey button. So it's the little port that is in, that is um, surgically implanted into his stomach that you stick the feeding tube into has a little balloon on it. And just, the balloon know, is what keeps the, the feeding tube yeah, inside so it holds, of the stomach. So it holds it inside the stomach. So it can't, it's like the, 
what is the, like, a, not a stop or what am I thinking of? It's like, you can't pull it out right. because of that balloon, but the balloon can get deflated. It's def- it's inflated, not with air, but with saline. And so it had, his button had been loose, which means that he was leaking out stomach fluid and acid. And so we were trying to fix it by you add more saline, but we are new to all of this and in the process of us trying to add more saline. Okay, back up. Before you add saline, you have to extract the saline that was in it because if it's old, you have to put new stuff in. Well, in the process of extracting the and saline, you also have to, to check the level to see well. how much was in there, and then before inserting the saline back in there, if it's okay, if it's good, the thing came out. Because so. when you deflate the balloon, you can just pop that Mickey button out, and um, yeah, so it popped out and. We are not experienced enough or trained enough at that point, at least to feel confident with putting it back in. So there's nothing like having the contents of a baby's stomach just spewing out of a hole in their stomach to get your adrenaline going. And so anyway, so we were at a different hospital, the closer hospital for the ER. And um, our apologies apologies to anybody that's eating lunch at this time. Oh, yes, that's true. (laughs) Yes, we've just become all we talk about is medical stuff. It's just so like right before we got on the podcast, there was we got a phone call and then you just had gotten back from the doctor's appointment. We're just we're learning so many things. But anyway, so yes, spent a lot of time at hospitals. Go ahead. But one of the things that has made my life a little bit easier this week is uh, the hospital system that we use has a an app where they centralize all the information, all the appointments, all the contact information medical history. It is so nice. And it was so difficult getting signed up for it to have his information uh, on my account. Especially because of the foster parent Mm -hmm. thing and they're having to switch over guardianship and all of that. And so finally we got, got everything ironed out and they added me on and it has been, it's so nice having that centralized Mm -hmm. portal of information. So and it basically it, has every it has all piece the histories that we can look and yes. that they have in that hospital system. And it's been pretty eye opening. And when he has so many different doctors that he's working with and so many different appointments and kinds of appointments to just have it all on there so that we can look something up or, yep. you know, Oh, which doctor did we go phone to numbers. click on it for yes. a phone number? You, what's this doctor? I don't know who this doctor is. So yeah. So we've touched on it a little bit in what we've shared, but let's dive deeper into this topic of how to maintain a positive attitude in the middle of difficult seasons or even just everyday life. Sometimes life can get kind of humdrum and you can just start feeling like you're in a funk. How to maintain a positive attitude? This was a question that was asked on Instagram stories recently and I gave a response and I thought, let's let's dig into this more into the podcast. So first off, for me, one of the things that has really helped me, especially the last few years, and I write about this in my book, Love Centered Parenting, but is remembering the truth of how much I am loved by God and resting in confidence in His finished work on the cross. For years, I felt like, okay, I need to almost help God out in a sense. Like it's my responsibility to make sure that everything goes well in my life. And so I need to control and micromanage and um, overprotect and just make sure that 
everything is working correctly. And it caused so much stress on my shoulders. And Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of that stress then spilled out into frustration in our home. And it zapped my ability to just have joy and peace. And so when I rest in how much I'm loved by God and realize that I don't have to be God to other people, to my kids, I can be a conduit of his love but I don't have to fix everything and solve all the problems. It's not all resting on me. That's just given me a lot more joy. You know, when, when you have that, that stress on your shoulders, you, you push and you push harder and it, it totally zaps the energy out of you and you're not even meaning to. And I don't think, I don't even think you realize it necessarily, Mm. but when you sit back and think, what's going on? What's, why don't I have energy? Why don't I have joy? Why don't I um, look forward to life? Where's the zest for life? Mm -hmm. And you think back and think, oh, that's because of this, the stress that I'm bearing. And and Mm -hmm. if I just lay it at the cross that it's totally removes, removes that from you. Well, that leads right into, for me, the second point that I shared on Instagram was starting my day by praying over all the details and handing over my concerns and worries to the Lord. And so it's not just that understanding of how much I'm loved by Him and that I don't need to be God, but then it's that tangible expression of me praying over my day and kind of inviting God into the inner workings of my day and just praying through the details of what's going on and then also praying over and handing over those things that I'm carrying that are not mine to carry. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm concerned about a situation with a child or there's something going on with the business or there's something else that's just kind of heavy on my heart to just open up my hands and just release that to the Lord and to be honest with how I'm feeling about it. And then just say, God, this is too big for me. I cannot carry this on my own. Would you take this? I give this over to you. I trust you with this. I trust you to work through this. And I'm just opening up my hands to you and saying, I'm not going to carry this anymore. And for me, that again, it just takes that burden off of me. And that allows me to live with so much more freedom and joy, which allows me to have a much more positive attitude. And I think then thirdly, I wrote steeping myself in the truth and calling out lies when they try to take up residence in my brain and my heart. Last week on the podcast with John Acuff, he talked about the soundtracks that play in your head and that they can become the songs of your life and the anthems that you live by. And so if you have that soundtrack playing in your head of, you know, I'm a disappointment, I'm a failure, I never do anything right, I'm always missing the mark. And that is what you believe about yourself. That is going to bring you down and that is going to zap your ability to have a positive attitude. So we have to believe the truth, and then steep ourselves in the truth. And I think of, you know, a tea bag and what kind of water are we putting ourselves into? And by that, I mean, what are we surrounding ourselves with? 
are we surrounding ourselves with negativity, with things that are just going to pull us down? Are we letting worries just simmer in our brain? Are we just allowing ourselves to believe that lie of, I fail at everything. I'm always doing everything wrong. I'm such a disappointment. I'm just making mistakes all over the place. I can't do anything right. And just allowing those lies to just be the soundtracks that are playing in our head over and over and over again. Or are we filling ourselves up with truth? When we fill ourselves up with so much truth that there's not room for the lies to come in, then when someone bumps into us, only truth can spill out. When we fill ourselves up with God's love and we remind ourselves of how much we are loved by Him and we rest in that and we release our worries and burdens to Him, then when something bumps into us, what's going to slosh out? that freedom and that joy and that peace and that love is going to slosh out to other people. Um, I talked about this on Instagram stories recently, but I love this quote by Amy Carmichael where she talks about if our a cup full, brimful of sweet water cannot slosh out dirty water, bitter water, no matter how hard it's bumped into, because all it has is sweet water in that. And so just to think, how do I fill myself up with the truth, with the love of the Lord so that his love is just flowing out of me to others? Number four for me is intentionally choosing to practice an attitude of gratitude. And this goes along with what we were talking about, you know, being in the hospital and having all these doctor's appointments and having all of these different things where right now there's a lot where we just have to open up our hands and be like, we we can't control this. We don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. And there's a lot where we just have to trust God. And it's a good place to be in. And honestly, if we look at our life, we think we're in so much more control most of the time than we actually are. We, you know, God is the one who's in control. But when I want to feel frustrated by something not going the way that I wanted it to go, or by someone who's maybe acting a certain way towards me that's kind of can feel frustrating to ask instead, what can I be grateful for in this situation? And so when I feel my heart going toward negativity or complaining or criticism, to stop, to see that as a red flag, to stop and say, what can I be grateful for instead? And I found that when we focus on looking for things to be grateful for, we will usually always see them because Mm -hmm. there's always, always, always something to be grateful for. And so looking for that, actively looking for that, actively practicing an attitude of gratitude really does make such a difference in our overall outlook on life. You know, there's, I I don't know what they call it, that uh, the concept that when when you're thinking about a certain car, looking at a certain car that you're trying to buy, all of a sudden you start seeing these all over the place, right? It's very similar. If you and your heart think are thinking thoughts of gratitude or like we said earlier, leaving things in God's hands, we're going to see God at work in ways mm-hmm. that we wouldn't have otherwise. Mm-hmm. We would see other um, opportunities to be grateful for that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. It mm-hmm. totally changes your... Um, the position of 
your heart of uh, and how and, and it's almost like you're putting on a new set of glasses. Mm-hmm. What you look for, you usually see. So if you're looking for things to complain about, you're going to find a whole lot of things to complain about. But if you're looking for things to be grateful for, you're also going to find a lot of things to be grateful for. And so for me, I'm just constantly looking for those things that I can call out to celebrate. I mean, it's just like I talked about, we got a phone call from a medical office right before this podcast and they were telling me some things and it was a really good report. And it was stuff that we didn't even know because mm-hmm. baby D had had some scans and things before he came into our home that we didn't know about where they were, they had some pretty big concerns about stuff. And so they were calling to tell me that everything was good. And it was just this funny thing. Like, I didn't even know that I was supposed to be concerned about that, but I'm definitely going to stop and celebrate this good news and be so grateful for that. The fifth thing that I wrote down, and I think this is really important, is prioritizing rest and soul-filling things every day. It's, you know, we want to practice that attitude of gratitude and remember how much we're loved by God. But sometimes we also just need to get really practical. If I'm completely exhausted all the time, if I never take time to replenish and refuel, it's a lot harder to maintain a cheerful attitude. And so prioritizing that, looking for little pockets of time to refuel and replenish. And that's going to look different for every person. But for me, sometimes that's going to bed, even if the house is messy or there's still a lot of stuff on my to-do list because I know I'm just tired. And if I get some sleep, And I take the opportunity, the babies have already gone to sleep. If I take the opportunity to get sleep now, I'm going to be a lot more refreshed in the morning and I'll be able to tackle those things on the to-do list with, with a much more cheerful attitude because of getting that little bit of extra sleep. Jesse, what for you is something that kind of helps refuel and replenish you? I'm thinking of something, but I'm I'm curious what you'd say. Spending time in my car. I think that's probably what you're thinking. That's of. actually not what I was <laughs> thinking, what of, thinking of, but that's a really good no. one. Yes. No, I, a lot you of times be, I do you that. Need to explain it's that. kind of me time that not being, I mean, I, I, people do it. I've heard of people you know, <laughs> trying to take refuge in the bathroom or something like that just to have some quiet time. It's more sort of like recharge time, just goofing off on my phone or what have you, just not almost going into absent mindedness. Did you need to go back a few episodes and listen to that? being present and having good phone. No, no, that's why why you said that. No, I, I, I think it's fantastic. I've learned this about you and that Mm -hmm. is you have to have those times where it's just kind of nothing Mm -hmm. blocks of nothing. And so oftentimes it's, it's when you, you've been driving, let's say you've taken baby D to an appointment and he's asleep in the car and you come home, you pull into the driveway and then you'll just sit out there for 15 or 20 minutes, sometimes a little longer than that. Usually if it's a little longer than 20 minutes, I will call you and be like, Hey, what's your ETA? Um, But just knowing that you need that decompressed time. But what I was thinking of for you is working out. I feel like that's also something that if you go a few days and you haven't been consistently working out, it affects you. Oh yeah. I get angry. Angry. Hangry. What, what is, they've got to have like some word for when, you know, it's like hangry is for when you're I, hungry, angry, but yeah, like what yeah. is for when you need to work out? I, I heard one, but it's probably not suitable. 
Oh, okay. But um, I think just knowing that about yourself, knowing that you need that time to mm-hmm. decompress, just those pockets of kind of nothingness that recharges your battery. Right. And working out recharges your battery. Definitely. And so for me, it's sleep makes a big, big difference. And it can even be just laying down and getting a 15 minute nap. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I will do that where I will set the timer. I'll just feel like I'm just really worn down. And so I'll tell you, I'm going to take a nap or both of the babies are asleep or we can put Kirsten in her crib and turn on a show for her in, in our room and just set the timer for 15 minutes and just have a 15 minute nap where I might not even fully fall asleep, but I'm resting and just kind of deep breathing and just totally resting. And that can really recharge for me. And I also know for me time with life giving people Mm -hmm. and what Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith talks about in her book, sacred rest. We had her on the podcast. It was an excellent episode, but she talks about social rest being so important. And I know for instance, the week that I was in the hospital and then he had to um, we were home then with him. And so we went, I went eight days without having any sort of outside social sort of thing other than doctor's offices and hospital. And I realized how I just was feeling worn down because I hadn't had that social rest of time with life giving people. And that makes such a difference for me. And so prioritizing that by having specific just set times throughout the week. I have seminary class. Every other week I get together with the foster care support group. We have a couple that we get together with usually once or twice a month on a Monday evening, obviously church, obviously youth group, but just having these set things in my calendar that they just happen without much planning or thinking about it. So important for me and so soul filling for me. And then finally, Sending up many flare prayers throughout the day when something feels overwhelming, when I don't know what decision to make, when I don't know how to respond, and just crying out to the Lord for wisdom, direction, and grace. And that is something that's really helpful for me as a Christian, recognizing that I have God's Spirit in me, and I can cry out to His Spirit. I can send up that flare prayer. I talk about this in Love Center Parenting, that a lot of times we can't get on our knees and pray for 30 minutes, but we can shoot up a flare prayer to the Lord and just say, help me right now. I'm overwhelmed or help me. I'm starting to feel discouraged or help me. I don't know what to do in this situation. Help me. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, I just need your grace right now. And so sending up that flare prayer and asking for God's help and just seeing Him be so faithful to show up on our behalf. So those are six simple strategies that I use, and Jesse shared some of his perspective as well, to maintain a more positive attitude when life is difficult or just in the everydayness of life. We'd love to hear from you. If you have other ideas, things that work for you, what helps you? How do you replenish and refuel and recharge? Maybe you haven't taken time to really sit down and think about that, and I think it's important to know about yourself. Send us an email, crystal at moneysavingmom.com. We always love hearing from you and we'll see you back next week. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 